0: Bit of a gray Saturday morning, but we can brighten things up. It's time for the Cummins Group Real Estate Show. Well, here we are. It's Saturday already, and it's time for the Cummins Group Real Estate Show. So, of course, joining me is Michelle with 1L Cummins. How are you doing today?
1: Hello, everyone. Doing great. Thanks, Curtis. How it's, are you?
0: It's our favorite time of the week, right? We get to talk real estate. Love it. So, uh, we got to get to this week's hot topic, because that's how we start the episode. So, uh, what are we talking about today?
1: We're talking about assignments, and one story that I have that came out a little bit ago to the real estate world is pretty scary it's about gst on assignments and you know as the market changes and shifts some people may that have bought pre-sales may need to you know assign their contracts and they may not be able to close maybe for financing didn't go through or life changes and things happen with without us knowing some pre-sales i have buyers still waiting after two years uh for the the building to be built. So sometimes it could be a while. But this story came out, okay? The seller bought a pre-sale a while back and prior to completion, listed it for sale as an assignment for a certain amount plus GST. The buyer who called the agent tried to buy it, but couldn't sell her place. So the deal died. Meanwhile, the market slowed down and the seller had to complete on the original contract. He then relisted it as a higher price calculating into to recoup the GST, and in the listing, it was noted that the GST had been paid. The same buyer had a deal on her place by then, so she came back and wrote an offer on the same unit at the new price with the understanding that the GST was paid. It was essentially the same price as before when taking the GST into account. Everyone was happy. This is until two days before closing when the conveyancer called, asking for another $38,000 for the GST. Apparently, Revenue Canada found that because the seller had no intentions of moving into the property, GST was payable. Needless to say, this news made the buyer very unhappy. It was to, it was to the name—it it was so much money. Imagine being that buyer and having all of a sudden that, that fee that you have to pay— So, I mean, understanding Revenue Canada's point is that the seller had never had any intentions of buying the property for his own use. It was a flip from the beginning and a commercial venture, and as such, GST is applicable. The standard contract of purchase and sale we use says in the boilerplate print, it's clause number six, under adjustments, that the buyer will assume and pay all taxes. So unless the GST is referenced somewhere else in the contract, the buyer is on the hook for it if the tax is deemed to be applicable to the sale. So that is a scary story. And uh, so I wanted everyone to be aware, you know, if you have to assign your contract or if you're buying an assignment, beware of the GST and get GST advice always. So that's the... Hot topic of the day.
0: Absolutely, because yeah, you don't want to have a $38,000 bill just all of a sudden there because not many of us have that in our wallet. You might, I don't.
1: No, yeah, it's <laughs> it's it's a pretty large amount. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right, well, I think we may talk a bit about GST here at some point with uh, today's guest because I'm sure you'll have lots of questions. Uh, so why don't you introduce our, our guest today?
1: Okay, our guest today is Conrad Workington from Rosbrow and Company. He is a lawyer who is going to help all of us be careful and make the right decisions when selling and buying real estate. Conrad actually took the real estate course. Uh, He's very familiar and very uh, wise in all the clauses and terms and everything that you need. I mean, there's so many issues that can come up. Always get lawyer advice. And so Conrad's here. Um, He practices in real estate transactions, business transactions, corporate law, real estate development, and wills. So, um, yes. So, Conrad, uh, welcome.
2: Thank you very much for having me, and thank you for all those compliments.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> thank you for coming. Oh, my so, you were born and raised in Abbotsford. Yes, I was. That's And you've always been with Rosborough.
2: I have. I articled there in 2008, and I've stayed there ever since.
1: It's a very good company. No, thank you. I've-
2: I have to say, so that's
0: who did my uh, my mortgage or my uh, purchase when I, when I bought my house was was you guys. So I can actually say, yeah, yeah. they did a great job and made things real easy. So good yeah. on you guys. Yeah. That was 11 years ago, but hey, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're still as good, I hope. Perfect. But In probably process. better. Yes, that's right. Because you weren't there when I bought my house, no. you see. So you're even better now. <laughs> thank you. <laughs>
1: I've referred a lot of clients to your company. And uh, Conrad, you've absolutely impressed me um, since I met you. So that's why I definitely wanted to have you on the show. And, you you know, I wanted to ask you the first question for you is if you can shed some light on the pitfalls people make in their contracts when writing offers.
2: Sure. Happy to. Um, I think my first piece of advice for somebody buying or selling uh, or considering buying and selling would be to hire a realtor. There are a lot of pitfalls, and one of your.
1: I like that advice.
2: It's good advice. It's like the commercials say, right? You didn't hire a realtor? That's exactly I know, right. I know you love those commercials, Michelle.
1: I do. <laughs> There's, There's so two.
2: many variables in a transaction that I think it's a no brainer. I think it's beneficial for the buyer and the seller, uh, whether you're buying or selling, that you have a realtor who's looking after you, looking out for those pitfalls. So I think that's the first line of defense would be to have a realtor on your side. Um, if you do decide to go without or sometimes transactions come up mm, just with a neighbor or something and ends up being a for sale by for owner sale by situation, owner. then my advice would be before you sign anything, come in and sit down with a lawyer. Uh, we get a lot of times where I've somebody come in and they have a contract and they have questions or issues or something's come up, but it's already been signed and it's a firm deal and our options are pretty narrow at that point. So come in ahead of time and we have all the options in the world available not afterwards if possible. So I say get in to see a lawyer if you don't have that um realtor doing the contract for you. And then I think my next bit next bit of advice would be the uh, due diligence phase, use it, take the time. So if you have a uh, subject to financing, inspection, property disclosure statements strata documents, whatever it is, take the time to look into that because you have this wonderful window of time where your obligation to purchase isn't yet firm. And so uh, do the inspection, find out all you, all the information you can get about that property because that information will help you make a decision. It will help you potentially negotiate further on the transaction. And without that, you just don't really know what you're getting into.
1: Yeah. And with the title, uh, you know, do you give advice regarding titles? Because a lot of people have a hard time understanding and reading it.
2: Yes, certainly. And knowing. Yeah. yeah, so at some point in the negotiation, you're probably going to see a title search from your realtor or get it from your lawyer. It may be very clean and empty, and that's wonderful, but most of the time we find there's going to be easements or right-of-ways or covenants, mortgages, all sorts of charges that might be there. Uh if you don't know what anything is, take that time to find out. And and lawyers are there to help you with that. Realtors are there to help you with that. And we can dig deeper if something uh, is not clear on the surface what it is. Uh, also, a lot of times something will just look normal and unassuming. And it might be an easement or something. And then you find out that it actually has a dramatic effect on how you can use the property or, or the value of the property. So definitely get in and know what you're buying before you buy it.
1: I had a seller, when I pulled their title, I noticed that there was something on it. Uh, I called them up and asked them about it. They didn't even know it was on it. It was a lien. And, it, you know, it ended up being not a big deal. And his lawyer was able to, to, to pay it out and, and, well, get it done fixed up. But, um, you know, surprises like that can happen as well. And as a buyer and as a seller, both of you don't want a surprise like that on completion day. <laughs> Knowing, I mean, it could be what amount and, and does it cover everything? And, and it, it could destroy a... Your, your purchase.
2: Yeah, it's a very good point. Sometimes those those items take time to resolve. So getting on top of them early, um, they can be dealt with and resolved, but you, you definitely don't want to find that out uh, a couple days before closing because your transaction might be in jeopardy at that point. Yeah.
1: I wanted to ask you um, too, what both sellers and buyers individually should expect when they go into their lawyer's office to go through the paperwork for closing day? Because uh, a lot of people don't understand that they even need a lawyer you know they purchased a, a property they they put the deposit down and maybe they think their realtor does the closing uh, but it's actually they have to hire a, a lawyer or notary and so and they don't know what to expect for for the conveyancing uh, if you can explain that
2: Sure, happy to um, I really say by the time you're getting to the lawyer, the notary most of the hard work is done. You've, you've listed the property or you have found the property you're going to buy. You've negotiated the deal. You've done your investigations, firmed things up. Um, by the time you get to us, it should be easy. And I think it is, we try to take care of as much of it as we can. So you're, you're going to come in and see me if you're purchasing a property, it's going to be about a 15 minute appointment. I'm going to book 30 minutes for just in case you have questions. We're going to confirm some basic information, your name, your address, your occupation. Then we're going to look at a plan to make sure you're buying the right property, which sounds funny, but you'd be surprised. <laughs> I've, seen, I've seen odd things with that. So we make sure you are buying what you think you're buying. It's the right size, the right place. And then we're going to go through all the numbers. So the statement of adjustments is kind of the main item that we're going through together. Uh, it has all the numbers, all the ins and outs. So your purchase price, your deposit, your mortgage amount, all the tax adjustments, legal fees, disbursements, all of that is laid out in one document. So we're going to go through that item by item till you understand everything. If you're getting a mortgage for a purchase, we'll we'll also go through your mortgage, make sure you understand the rates, the terms, if there's prepayment penalties, all that information. And I'm going to take some money from you if you're buying because we need that to complete the deal. And then you're going to be out the door unless you have any questions. So it really is simple. We try to take care of it. You don't need to stress about it. It's a quick appointment, and I'm there to answer your questions.
1: And it's usually a few days or the week before or the day of completion, correct?
2: That's right. Usually, I'm seeing you the, in the week leading up to closing. All right.
0: Well, we have to take a quick break here. But before we do that, uh, I have to ask, uh, Conrad, do you have a,
2: a way people can get more information about you? Do you have a website, things like that, if they want help? Definitely. We have a website, which is wwwrosbro.com which is R-O-S-B-O-R-O-U-G-H, Or you can always give us a call at 604-859-7171, and you can talk to me if you'd like. Next question, is this a billable hour? (sighs) That's yet to be seen. Who's paying, Michelle or me?
0: Michelle.
2: Okay, Michelle. (laughs)
0: Let's toss
1: the coin. Uh, uh,
0: You get this one. Uh, (laughs) And, of course, your web address for people if you want to know about the uh, Cummins Real Estate Group.
1: michellecummins.ca.
0: All right, we're back with more with Conrad and Michelle right after this. And we are back with segment two of the Cummins Group Real Estate Show. Of course, it's uh, Michelle from the Cummins Real Estate Group. And today we have Conrad here. So uh, what's your next question, Michelle?
1: Conrad, uh, I wanted to ask the difference between hiring a notary versus a lawyer, because a lot of people don't know.
2: Sure. Happy to talk about that. Um, I would start by saying that there are really great conveyancing lawyers and notaries, and they are probably less than great conveyancing lawyers and notaries. Um, So I wouldn't say one is always going to be better than the other. I would recommend chatting with friends and family and realtors and mortgage brokers, other other people that are in the industry, and asking for a referral. If somebody had a great experience with, whether it's a lawyer or a notary, um, and they felt they were taken care of, their questions were answered, it was a professional experience... Go with that office. If you get a good referral, I'd say start there. Now I'm a bit biased to lawyers for an obvious reason. So if you are tossing up the two decisions, I would say one of the benefits of using a lawyer is that we are able to provide legal advice if there are hiccups or if things go wrong or if things go a little off track. In a steady rising market, most transactions close no problems. Buyers and sellers are happy. Everything's working out. If the market's moving around rapidly or if it's declining, then we find there's a lot more issues that pop up. Buyers or sellers uh, may want to be looking for reasons to wiggle out of contracts if that's possible, or looking at options or the ramifications of not completing. Uh, In those situations, uh, it is helpful to have a lawyer to be able to advise you of all the ramifications of the possible outcomes of Just like
1: if there's all of a sudden GST of the tune of $38,000 after you buy a place, the lawyer could help you with that. Yes. And is it so fiduciary duties you give to the client where a notary doesn't have that, correct?
2: I'm not sure if if their fiduciary duty would be different than ours. I believe both are going to act in the best interest of their client. So I won't say that we trump them in that category or not. Um, I will say if you're using a, a legal professional, you're a lawyer, you're going to be getting a someone with a bit deeper and broader scope in real estate law. So we work with developers, with buyers, with sellers, with municipalities, with strata corporations, uh, with commercial and residential lenders and private lenders. So we have, a, we have a wide scope of real estate experience so we can look at things from different angles and that's one of the benefits of using a real estate lawyer, because we're not just conveyancing, we do so much around conveyancing that it just gives a mm-hmm. bit broader experience and a bit broader know-how.
1: Mike, you never know what's going to be thrown on the title between you removing subjects when you saw the title through your realtor to completion day, because maybe the lien or something was thrown on title or, you know, family dynamics and, and who knows. So it's I always advise a, a lawyers advice for that, mm-hmm. conveyancing, yeah.
2: And all, cost is often a factor and honestly, it's very competitive in Abbotsford and the Fraser Valley. There's a lot of convincing law firms and a lot of convincing notaries and the cost is going to be pretty tight between the least expensive and the most expensive. It's going to be a pretty narrow margin. So well, I understand that that definitely is a factor, I wouldn't say it shouldn't be the be all end all. I'd say a good referral is better and you're talking about a very big purchase transaction or sale transaction. So... If you're down to fifty dollars in price difference between one or the other, um, it's point zero zero something percent of your purchase price. So go with the better referred professional, whether it's a lawyer or not. Good advice. Good advice.
1: And uh, would you suggest uh, on completion day uh, when they're sitting down with you? Do you have any suggestions, such as like maybe title insurance for the for the purchaser or?
2: A lot of times now, title insurance is. I used to say it's sort of new in BC. Now it's been around for a little a little while. It is primarily, you'll see title insurance a lot of times on your statement of adjustment as a line item. It's a hundred and call it 70 something dollars usually, and it's typically there because your bank has required it. And title insurance, in a very basic sense, it protects the bank from mortgage fraud and issues with the survey of the property, and sometimes issues with building permits or lack thereof. And if there's
1: title fraud, right?
2: Yes. So a whole host of. Um, potential issues that it covers. So for for the price, it's actually a great coverage. Uh, that's why lenders love it. They also love it because they push the cost onto the buyer. So it's free insurance for them. Now, a lot of the title insurance companies now will off- offer a complimentary policy for the homeowner if we're also buying one for the lender. So a lot of our buyers now, whether they realize it or not, because their lender requires title insurance, they're getting title insurance too. Um, But if they're not, if it's a cash purchase or if their lender's not requiring it, then I will ask the question whether they want it. I will tell the benefits. And in my opinion, it's worth every dollar. I've heard enough stories from my own clients now where it has saved their butts when some quirky thing comes out of the woodworks after closing that they didn't know about, and it comes and saves the day. And so I'd say get it.
1: And uh, a lot about buyers, but also sellers need a lawyer for conveyancing as well both parties do
2: they do that's right and i get that question a lot as a seller do i need do i need a lawyer in order to be working with me the short answer is yes you you most likely do um, at the very least there's certain documents that need to be witnessed and notarized um, but more importantly we're often paying out a mortgage or line of credit um, and that requires undertakings being exchanged with the buyer's lawyer and we have to get payouts from the bank and pay that out on closing date so that is something you will need a, a lawyer for as well those appointments are a little shorter Uh, because there's a little less work on the sale end of things, but you'll still need a lawyer and notary for that.
1: And on your website, it has the best GST calculator. I'm just going to put that out there because years ago it was like the only one. I went on it and you guys, I still use it today. It's my go-to and you're like top on uh, Google search for it. It's just great because it, it, It puts uh, the rebate, what the rebate may be, Um, if it's uh, a secondary property or if it's your primary resident property, like there's, it's a great GST calculator.
2: Thank you. Yes. GST is probably the number one question I get on the phone from realtors and clients is there's a GST question. And sometimes I can answer it. Most of the times I can answer the question. Sometimes it gets so complex that we have to go to a tax expert, an accountant or tax lawyer, but usually we can handle it. GST basically it applies anytime you're buying new residential whether it's a detached home an apartment or a townhouse and it's 5% on top of the purchase price but the compu- or the complication can be that you may be eligible for a rebate if you are moving into the property so you get a bit of the GST discounted um, and there's also a rebate if it's going to be a rental property and so, figuring out the numbers and where it lands at the end of the day is a bit of a trick. So, our calculator, we hope, makes that a little simpler.
1: And as far as um, like GST, I mean, there's it's so complicated. And I had a, a situation where a, a exclusive listing of mine. They had three titles on their property that they bought years and years ago, I mean, 36 years ago, and they're selling, but it's larger than the zoning that allows, and they're worried about capital gains, and is there GST, because one title is just land, and the other two titles had buildings. So how do we do this? So um, they got really good advice, but it it took a while, it took a long time to get that advice, because Mm -hmm. it was so complicated.
2: Yeah, GST, sometimes it's very obvious that it's applicable, but a lot of times we're in a gray area where we need to look at how the property has been used and um, what what was done when the buyers purchased it many, sometimes many, many years ago, and a lot of factors to look at. So we like to start tackling that question as early as possible. So you'll see a lot of contracts will say that the uh, parties will get GST advice and they should do that. It's not just in there to um, to look nice. It's good advice. If it's not obvious, then it should be looked into.
1: And the seller has to be the one to retrieve it, but it's the buyer's responsibility really to pay for it. So that needs to be clear to both parties. And if what if the seller had ran it as a business or it's owned as a company or you know the the government looks at GST and it's so complicated. That's why it's so important to get that advice. And land only properties, you know, there's GST on land only. A lot of people don't know that.
2: That's right. It It's not by any means straightforward. I usually start with the presumption that GST applies on everything unless I'm aware of an exemption. And so I start with the negative and assume it exists and then work my way backwards and see if this is a situation where hopefully it doesn't. But it should be looked into early.
1: I'm glad you're the expert in that field and not me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and of course, if people want to check out this GST calculator, what's your website address again? It is
2: rosbro.com.
0: Okay. Now, a question I was thinking here now, we've been talking a lot, both of you can probably answer this. So I'm going down the road here. I want to sell my house. Um, What should be my checklist before I come talk to you, the lawyer, and you, the real estate agent? Uh, What are the things I really need to have in line before I come to you guys so you're not sending me off with a bunch of homework?
1: Uh, Make your list and check it twice. Yes. So (laughs) what should be on this list? So on the list first is mortgage approval. So as soon as you're thinking about selling or buying or both, you definitely want to speak with uh, your bank, a mortgage um, a broker, and/or a, a local credit union. But definitely get pre-approved. That's the first first thing you do. Second is you hire a realtor. Hopefully, get a referral or you've had a good relationship with one. But definitely uh, talk with the realtor then. Do we and know a good one? I think you do. Uh, do we? I think her name's Michelle with one L, and, and uh, Cummins, and no G. Yeah,
0: Michelle Cummins, yeah, yeah, yeah. that rings yeah. a bell.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and then after you choose your realtor, and you are going, you go shopping, and then after you go shopping and you find a place, uh, you know, you have to be aware of what kind of deposit that you're going to need and when that comes up, and then once you remove subjects after all of that, you know, you need to choose a lawyer uh, to do the conveyancing, and then start booking the moving van and changing your address and, you know, telling all your credit cards and and, and the government where you are or where you're going.
0: Okay, so Conrad, now we've got to the point where we come to you and what are you going to
2: need from us when we get to your office? Well, if there's anything strange that you want looked at in the contract ahead of time, I'd say give us a ring even before that time. So if there is um, a, a vendor takeback mortgage, a strange charge-on title, if there's a GST question, if there's a funny holdback for some issue in the contract – any question it's such so easy just give me a call and we'll run through it i want your business anyway so i'm going to chat with you and we'll probably be able to work through it really quickly on the phone uh, or by email so i'd say get that all in line once you are near the finish line and you're coming to see me it is going to be pretty basic i'm going to need some basic information about you your uh, occupation uh, your legal name and then i'm going to let you know how much funds you have to bring in on the closing date And that's about it. Then you come in and we take it from there.
0: All right. Well, that's just about it. Michelle, what's your website address again?
1: www.michelecummins.ca.
0: Which is Michelle Michelle Cummins with one L, no G, dot C-A.
1: You got it. Just wanted to make that
0: complicated. (laughs) Very clear. All right. I've got your uh, open houses next. Hang on.